All right, lovely lot, ladies and gents, welcome back to my podcast. In this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the psychology behind content online and the deception that it provides to viewers, especially in the younger groups or the younger sort of age range. And the best person I thought would be fitting to come onto the show is Barry Cummings from Beat the Side Bully, as he would probably know quite a bit about this. And on top of that, I think, well, he's pretty much the only one that comes on my podcast <laughs> at the moment. So welcome back, Barry. How you doing? Thanks, mate. Good. Yeah, very good. Thank you. It's been, been a while, but nice to be back on. So uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. It has been a minute, hasn't it? So yeah, I mean, let's just get straight straight into the topic. The psychology behind content online that other people share. What do I mean by that? So Instagram is a candidate for this and probably a culprit as well, where everyone cuts out the best, most happiest parts of their lives and share it on Instagram. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to share the best parts of your life? But what that does to the end consumer is it only shows that life and reality should be and is glamorous and rainbows and unicorns. And to some people, you know the difference, uh, but to the others, unfortunately, they get they caught caught into a trap where they think that's where their life their life should be like. Um, so I, that's pretty much, in a nutshell, what I see going on. I've been caught in it myself to some degree. I mean, it's it's easy to get caught up in that and see that reality should be all unicorns and rainbows according to what we see online. So first of all. Let me get your input on on the topic. Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's really valid um, subject, which is why I appreciate the ability to talk about it, because it does, at the moment, we see a lot of people curating their life in the online space. Um, there's a lot of pressure on young people to, to do this because they have these unreal expectations already set for them by what they see on social media. So in terms of what you said, I've been caught up in it. It's very easy to do because everybody's doing it, first of all. Um, so it, it's normal, in, in air quotes, that, that you should do this. But it is setting unreal expectations. It is impacting those younger people in, in, in some cases, but adults as well, who are perhaps a little bit more vulnerable or less aware of what's actually happening here. Because if you do see rainbows and unicorns all the time, then you aspire to have rainbows and unicorns around you all of the time. And in doing that, you can, you know, you're on that hamster wheel just trying and trying and trying, and you're actually trying to achieve an unattainable goal. Um, goals are great, and we should have goals in life, and we should have aspirations and so forth, but we also want to make sure that they are actually attainable because realistic. otherwise, then we're, yeah, they need to be realistic. I mean, even, not, not, yeah, realistic is a good word for it, but also attainable because they don't have to be realistic to be attainable. You can set yourself some, you know, they, they talk about this BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal when it comes to businesses and, and your own personal development. What do you want to do and in some cases it says just go as outlandish as you can because in striving towards that outlandish goal you're going to move forward you're going to get probably further than other people but as outlandish as that goal is it still should be achievable to you but when you look online at um, a lot of celebrity uh, profiles for example or people that young people look up to it's all glamorous. It's all the best beach shots. It's the best holiday destinations. It's my best life every single day. Um, and of course, people want the same thing, but that isn't the reality. What they don't show you in the online space is, especially for those that are influencers and are famous, they don't show you 
all of the negativity and cyberbullying and trolling and hatred that they have to deal with by virtue of being famous for whatever reason or whether you're a YouTuber, whether you're an actor, whether you're, a, you're an influencer, whether you're famous for being famous, it, it makes no difference. If you've got hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, then people are looking up to you to say, okay, I want to be like you. Uh, and if you're putting out there just the good bits, then you're not setting a realistic example of what your life is about. And again, a lot of people say, well, is, that's not my fault. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing my life, I'm living my life and I choose to put this stuff out there. And again, completely understand that but i also feel that with the the impact of the internet and social media there needs to be some responsibility taken as well because there is a psychological impact on those young and also not so young but vulnerable people in looking at these um these role models if you if, if can use that phrase um, and they're not they're not helping the situation. Um, they're, they're not taking the responsibility of actually saying, I need to use these channels in the most authentic and ethical way. And in my personal opinion, authenticity means you've got to show some of the, the bad stuff as well, because that happens. The problem is nobody wants to hear about that. No, nobody wants to go through an Instagram feed and see, oh, I, you know, I'm having a terrible day, this is happening, or this has just gone wrong. And people don't like the negative news. Of course we don't. Um, it has a, a different psychological impact on us, on our mood, on our feeling, on our day. Um, and so why would anybody post anything like that? But this is, this is the whole purpose of this conversation because it's yeah. not a world of sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And having that view of the world is, is a, it's a nice way to look at the world but it's also not realistic and therefore a lot of young and vulnerable people's expectations of what the world is giving them are incorrect and that can actually affect them even more negatively because when it isn't sunshine and rainbows all the time what do i do because what i see in the online space is all of this stuff why do i not get this and actually it can help it not help but it can contribute to things like anxiety and depression because people are saying oh, it's not fair i see these amazing lives online i want that why don't i have that and this is a big part of the responsibility is where i see this that the people utilizing this technology have to take a bit of responsibility to to show both sides of the coin and actually we've started to see in the most recent months some people doing that that there there are some those um, influencers who are saying you know what i recognize the influence i have over people that what i say and what i do really does impact other people's lives and actually i need people to know what i go through in order to be this influencer in the online space uh, and that involves uh, exposing them to some of the the negative side of that that, that side of things which i think is it's actually very healthy uh, and it's this tipping point I believe that we're at now that, that people are starting to realize that there is a certain amount of responsibility that needs to be taken when you have influence over over anybody absolutely the issue I, yeah the, the issue I see with that is that in reality if you are on Instagram or Snapchat or any of these channels or TikTok and you've got one follower or a million followers you have influence you have influence over that one follower you have influence over those million followers and so it's actually a collective responsibility of all of us to start evaluating how we use these tools uh, and and perhaps you know really taking on board that insta life is not real life and actually 
If we can't communicate that to the young people for them to understand that, then we have to start communicating a different message through those channels so that they see that and then they they learn by doing. It's like, oh, okay, he is super famous, he's super wealthy, uh, has a great life, but he also has stuff that he has to to deal with or she has to deal with. This opens up the conversation and the can of worms say, oh, first world problems, they're super rich, super wealthy, and today they're having to deal with, you know, a, a, a first world problem, air quotes. But I still think it's important because they're having to overcome obstacles and, and this is something that we all have to do on a daily basis, but that's definitely not what we see through the social media channels. And that's Everyone's fighting their own battles, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that what, what's happening, what I see online is that people are starting to say, you know what, it's okay for me to, to talk about some of those battles, actually, um, and that I don't have to pretend it's all rainbows and unicorns. I can show people that there's a little bit of, of, of sadness, a little bit of darkness that I have to go through, a little bit of negativity that I have to overcome, uh, or in some cases, a whole ton of it. You know, these young people that aspire to be a YouTuber or, or an influencer and, and have absolutely no idea how much hatred and vitriol some of these people receive on a daily yeah. basis. Especially now, when your numbers start growing, you're going to expose yourself to a wider audience and that audience is it's going to kind of separate into the guys that are really inspired or there might be a particular piece of content that that influencer or youtubers put out that could impact someone in a negative way and then they lash out publicly mm. on your platform so you're going to have that separation of you know haters uh, and, and the kind of things that they can say to you yeah, definitely. And I think that this it actually falls into this whole realm of education is that when when we were at school, we've talked about this before, you know, there wasn't a lot of education around actually how you manage money, which I think that there should be. There wasn't really any financial education about what credit card was, how a debit card worked, how your bank accounts work, how to, to manage your money to, to be um want to be in control of it and at the end to be wealthy enough to at the end of your career retire and so forth there really wasn't a lot of education around that now I'm showing my age sort of 20 plus years later those conversations are being had in schools because it's become very apparent that a lot of us are financially illiterate because we were never taught these things now what's happening now is that with social media and so forth this needs to be built into the education side of things so that young people who are going through this process right now start to understand the pros and cons of being in the limelight on social media because let's say 15 years ago if a child had come or let's say 20 years ago my child had come to me and said i want to be a professional gamer like yeah right don't be silly get your head out of your you know proverbial think about a real job mm. um, and now today you look at it and say well Esports is a real job. I can make a lot of money online by playing games Le legitimately. It's not just that I don't want to do anything else, but if I put the effort in, I can make serious money playing computer games. Yeah. So we've had that shift where, where parents have to say, it's not just them being silly or lazy, it's that if they show some talent at it, it's a viable way forwards. There's a market but for that, right? Yeah, but that's not echoed um, anywhere. And then it's also that if they do go down that route and they do become super famous, so like Ninja, for example, they are going to put themselves in the public limelight. And by doing so, whether they like it or not, they're going to be targeted. 
they're going to be targeted by people who don't like them because they're successful. Yeah. They're going to be targeted by people who have nothing better to do and just go online and troll. They are going to put themselves in the firing line for negative um, content, for negative comments, for negative feelings. And if you are aware of that before you make that decision to become a professional gamer or YouTuber, then you can plan and train to deal with it. But if you're not made aware of that and everything is made out to be all rosy, then you're kind of getting into it under false pretenses. And that's also what's been communicated to you by a lot of people online now is this fake life. That my life is always like this, but it's not because we're not, it's not realistic for that to happen. So this is where I, I see it's so important for us to really take a moment to acknowledge what's going on, to understand that we have gone through a shift when it comes to how we operate the digital world, social media, the internet. It, it, it's happened, it's happening, and it will continue to happen, but that we need to put some things in place to help our children, especially in terms of my, my focus point is for, for the children, to help them understand a bit more about the digital world that they are looking at with wide eyes and going, I want that, I want to be, I want to be like that person, I want to be a, a this, that or the other. And, and helping them get the full picture of what that means so that if you are a PewDiePie or you are you know, a ninja or whatever it is in the online space, you know what that means and that it isn't all positive. There are a lot of positives to that lifestyle, of course, to success, however you come across it. But when it comes to the negativity in the online space, I think that if we can make people aware of this um, and, and give them the ability to make a fully informed decision, then we can also say to that, uh, that vulnerable person, that young person, you know what, this is the full picture. Are you okay with that? Are you ready to take that on? And of course, a young person can say, yeah, yeah, of course I am, of course I am. And we need to explain it in more detail as to what that means. And then assuming that that's grasped, we can then say, okay, and if you're gonna go down this route, these are the things that you're going to need to learn. This is the training them that you're tools. going to need to go through. Yeah, yeah exactly. Giving them a tool. Exactly. That's why I think you're the best fit to have this conversation with. And, you know, you're building awareness around this kind of, this topic especially. Uh, not just with the younger age groups, but it does impact older age groups as well, because especially if they're glued to their, their devices, looking at this content on the daily, uh, where do you think we're at as a society um, with this kind of awareness? Do you think it's at a level where enough people know about it that it will catch on and then snowball? Or do you think it's still in, in its infancy? I think it's still very much in its infancy. Um, it, you could probably count on two hands the number of uh, famous influencer type people who are are taking this this route. Um, and so I think it's really, really in this early stages. And it's because in the grand scheme of things, the whole social media and, and the internet, whilst it has been around for over a decade, it's still in its infancy as well in terms of the understanding of it from an, an adult or parental perspective and also from a child or young person perspective when they're looking at how to use this, what they can get away with, what's allowed, what's not allowed, what is not allowed, but actually you can get away with and there's no repercussions, where that level is, where if I do something, there's gonna actually be some sort of repercussions. A lot of people don't know what those repercussions are in terms of legalities, depending on which country you live in. Um, and that a lot of countries now are putting in place uh, laws uh, to, to try and protect people from this, this scenario in the online space. But I think that it's also very much in its infancy because people don't want to, to do or take the responsibility for 
showing the, the, the negative side. Everybody would like it to be rainbows and unicorns all the time. Well, we all do. Um, and so well, this is this is interesting. To- this is what I was going to bring up a little bit earlier. Is it's it's funny, isn't it, with traditional media like news on TV or um, yeah, on television mainly. Uh, they report on the bad stuff because mm. that's what they see is the best narrative to get people's attention. But then on the flip side, you've got social media news again, or influencers pushing the kind of content depending on which genre it is. It's all fluffy clouds and and rainbows, which is kind of weird. It's it's two different aspects. Why doesn't the traditional news format work online, or does it? Well, it does from the news perspective, because if you look at the news channels who have had to transition into the online space, um, it's still the negative, you know, stories that, that, that grab the headlines. And all that's happened is that instead of it needing to be a headline that grabs your attention from the newspaper, from the newsstand or, or from the TV and on the nine o'clock news, it needs to grab your attention from Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Discord or wherever you're spending time. It still needs to jump off of that screen now with enough impetus to get you to stop scrolling and look at that and go, oh, what, what is that? And, and click into it. Because now, once you do that, the algorithm takes over and starts just serving you more and more of that content. Mm. So it does to a certain extent. But of course, what the influencers and, and so forth want is that they want more people following them. The more people that follow them, the more chance they're going to get to get sponsorship deals or people approaching them to, to give them money to put a message out there. So it's, it's commercial from, from that side of things, which yeah. again, I understand that people are utilizing it to turn it into a business. But I do also think there's a, a responsibility to do that ethically. And if you are a you know early 20, late 20s, 30-year-old, super successful person, whatever you're doing, and you're in the online space and you're only talking about the good stuff, to me, that's a little bit irresponsible because I'm pretty sure that you didn't just suddenly land in your position of success and it was all easygoing. You probably had to go on a journey of hard work and, and getting over stuff to get there. And that's the bit that often gets missed out in, uh, you know, a snapshot on an Instagram feed or a snapshot on on Snap or, or TikTok. You don't see all of that. You just get this little snippet and it's out of context. And if you, all you're getting is all these little snippets all the time, you're forming an incorrect picture of what's gone on. And I, I really do believe it's um, it's time for us to take responsibility as content creators about mm. what kind of content we put out there uh, and to give a balanced view really that's that's all you can ask for is to say let, let's put some of the reality out there so that, that people get a true feeling for for what's going on who we are yeah. what we the go hustle, through um, the grind behind yeah. it the negative mm. aspects the I didn't just jump into this position on a gold pedestal and everything was handed to me. There was, uh, it was a lot leading up to it, but, but also um, themselves, like you say, taking that responsibility to balance out the yeah. content that they're putting out there because of the way it's impacting the viewers. Which brings me on to the next question really is, is how is it really affecting psychologically the, the consumers of this content? Well, I think it's a good question because it feeds from what we've just said there, that as a content creator with influence, what what's the benefit of me putting my content out there? Well, it's 
I like to hope that I am helping people or I am influencing people in a positive way, which is, of course, why most of these people will put good stuff out there. It's like they, they put that they've made a million dollars this this week um, because they want to help incentivize you that this is what we can do. But you know, by saying I did this this week, but not then showing the process by how you did it, mm. it's just that snapshot of, of out there. And again, you're setting that incorrect perception whereby a young person or impressionable person looks at that, aspires to be like you, but is not getting the true picture of of how to get there. And I'm not saying that everybody who's out there, super successful sports person, music people, YouTubers, has to take on the role of teacher and say, well, I need to teach everybody how I did this. It's just about coming up with that balance. But it's really difficult for them to do that because, of course, the other thing that they get by creating this content is the same thing that we get when we create our own content is that physiological response when you get the likes and you get the comments coming on and you get the shares and you see that your message is going further and it's been seen by more people, we get that physiological hit, the dopamine hit. We're like, oh, this is good. I feel good about this. And of course, we want to replicate that because it's addictive. And we also know that if I start putting out the reality of what's going on, I get less likes, I get less comments, I get less shares, I get less dopamine hit. So hang on a minute, this isn't good for me either. So let me put the good stuff back out there. And sure enough, up it goes, spikes. And so we're asking, what I'm asking of people is to go against the physiological responses that their body is giving them um, of a good feeling and actually ha- figuring out how to control that. And then ethically is perhaps not the right word, but I'll use it ethically to then put the content out there that maybe isn't going to get the kind of response that we would like it to in terms of likes and comments and shares. But actually, it, it's giving people an indication of what's going on out there. Yeah, um, it's more I think of a moral motivation as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and to back to your previous question about where we are in this this process, because we're so early on, it's going to take some pioneers to, to really do this, and they're going to be, um, you know pointed out they're going to have a target put on their back they're going to be ridiculed by other people it's going to be looked at as why would you do that they're so weird that's so not the right thing to do it's not on trend it's all of these things that happen when somebody decides to do it and then as we iterate through this it will become normal i don't know what the time scales on that is but i'm hoping it's shorter rather than longer because of the impact it's having on people who are looking at these kind of things and uh, as i said before it, it's causing some people to have anxiety to have depression go into depression because you mean the consumers their, not just the, the consumers yeah. yeah yeah i mean the consumer in this this specific uh, example is that they're looking at this and then and and wanting that life and looking out the window at their life and, and evaluating their life and saying, hmm, that's not really, it's not good. It's not what I want. Why can't I have that? Uh, and, and again, depending on who you are, what you are, your mental state, it, it's breaking people. You then put that into context of the last couple of years of what's been going on globally. Um, and, and you can see why people, it would break people because it's like, yeah. why... I've really been suffering over the last two years trying to just get day to day through my life because I've lost my job, I've lost people, I've, all of the things that have been going on during the last couple of years. And yet on social media, you're still going to see people just posting best life, Insta life, sunshine, you know, success and all that. And, and for, for, for some people, it's too much. It's like I, all I want is that. I cannot see any way of getting there um, and that really depresses me and so yeah. there's that impact as well that it is having and you might say well that, that might only be a few people but if you look at the scale of 
internet and social media, even if it's just a couple of people, it's a couple of million people when you think about how many people are online. And, and when I say couple, you're probably looking at tens, if not hundreds of millions who are going through this process on a daily basis from a consumer side and looking at things in the social space and thinking, wow, I'm really not good enough and I, I'm not living that life and I, I really want that. And I don't have statistics or figures, but I know that, you know, based on what's happened over the last couple of years, there's people that have taken the most extreme measures when it comes to their, their lives because of what they've seen. They're seeing things that um, they aspire for. It's not a realistic aspiration, but they don't know that. And, um, and they can't see a way of getting there. And they've decided, well, what's the point? And yeah, that's a real question. It's quite gloomy, isn't it? I mean, I have been there as a content creator where I'm looking at other content creators that are successful without the story of how they got there. They've just, for me, the magically been put there. Obviously, I don't think that now because of the research and, I, and I've been fortunate enough to have the tools to be able to navigate through that deception um, or lack of um, story to tell me how that person has got there. And, and, and as a content creator, I want to be there. You know, that's a position that I've got a goal to be, but to get there, I don't know if it exists and mm. I want to be there right now. So I, you know, I've been in that position myself, but for those that are listening and are either going through this themselves and lack the tools, what would you say is the number one remedy or give them some tools, I guess, to sort of help them get through this deception, even if they don't know or are aware that they are going through this and why? Mm. Yes, it's a difficult question to answer because if you don't know that you're going through it, there's not going to be any tools that are going to help you because there's no problem to fix, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the simplest and ultimate answer to this, and it's the hardest thing to do, is give yourself a break. Get offline. Stop looking at all of this stuff for so many hours during your day and, and start small. Just start to put yourself goals in place of saying, you know what, instead of going on my phone while I'm waiting in the lift, I'm just going to stand there and be still with my, my mind for the couple of seconds it takes to get from the zero to the 50th floor. Instead of, you know, this is what happens as soon as you get in the lift, everyone's like looking at the screen, awkward lift. No do little things like that where you're just giving yourself a break don't get onto your phone as soon as the kids have gone to bed sit on, on the sofa and start scrolling through YouTube videos yeah. don't Put take your phone into the toilet when you go for number two leave it outside exactly <laughs> leave it on your desk leave it in the living room don't take it with you and give yourself a break because we are inundated with this now because we're looking at our screens so often and the there is no tool or cure other than stop looking at the screen which again, it's, it's like saying to an alcoholic, stop drinking. It's not easy. It's not as easy as that. There are things happening within you that I, I want to take it with me. I want to be on it all of the time. You mean I, I don't want to have a break. Like the dopamine hit, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. The, the addictive nature of what, what it is, the fact that once we've started to be online for a while, we're giving so much data to the organizations that everything we are then shown is exactly what we want to see. So of course we want to see more of it. Um, and we want to, to, to every waking minute, if we're not doing something else, I want to go back to that story. I want to go back to that person's profile. I want to go and see what, I want to learn more about that. Um, and there's very positive elements to that as well, because you can do a lot of learning on there, but it all gets mixed into the same, uh, same recipe, if you like, if you're not consciously aware of what you're doing. 
doing. So giving yourself a break is the number one tip. The, the best way of doing that is to also set up on your phones or your mobile devices things like screen time so that you actually have the empirical data because if you ask anyone, are you addicted to them? Yeah, but I, I'm not on it that often. But when you then put screen denial. time on and you live it, it is denial. And then you look at it. And this happened to me when, when screen time first came out. Well, yeah, I use it for, for work. My, my work is digital, so I've got to be on these channels. But the kind of numbers in terms of the hours spent on things like WhatsApp or Instagram or all of these channels, I was quite staggered because I thought it can't be that. I, I don't spend that much time on it. But you are. You're looking at three to four hours, five hours a day on these things and think, a lot of time and if yeah. I could get three hours down to two and a half hours if I could get five hours down to four hours and then four hours down to three hours then I'm working towards just freeing up the amount of uh, bombardment I'm getting and, and that might help me to then start to evaluate a little bit more what I'm seeing yeah. be a little bit freer to understand what's happening uh, and, and, and perhaps overcome some of the issues that we might be facing so th those are the two that I would recommend off the bat is like give yourself a break and to do that set up something like screen time so you see exactly how much time you're spending on each app yeah. how many times you're picking up the phone on a daily basis because that's a really good metric because you, you think I oh, don't pick it up that often but I wouldn't be surprised if most people it's sort of in the hundreds if not two hundreds every single day that you're picking that thing up even when it hasn't buzzed you just it's habit now we're, we're picking yeah, it up those, and looking at it for those that are listening in you might be surprised use one of these two techniques or both of them that Barry's just shared thank you for sharing them by the way I mean I, I hope someone finds them very very useful especially the screen time one where you can start monitoring how long you are actually online but not just from this topic that we've been discussing today I think because these platforms and we've mentioned this before as well Barry is the the very platforms are designed and engineered to keep your attention because the more attention that they get, the more that they can sell the data to whoever's paying for it, et cetera, and, and it makes it sustainable for them. It's, it's a vicious loop. But mm. because of that, I think everyone can benefit from using the internet or scrolling or having their device in their pocket and hand so much anyway, not just because we see other people's lives are glamorous and you know, great looking and just happy all the time without seeing the negative, but we could definitely benefit from using the internet less. And I think on that note, we'll keep this podcast short today. That's a great way to wrap up. So if you are going through something like this and write in, let us know, drop us a DM or comments wherever we're going to post this podcast. Let us know your experience or let us know even if you've only just realized that this is something that you're going through. It's something I've been going through and constantly do struggle with. So it's nice to have someone like Barry there from Beat the Cyberbully to create this awareness and come on the show and discuss these kind of topics. So let us know your thoughts. We will be back with another podcast, maybe a little bit of a longer one next time. Uh, Barry, thanks for coming on again. Um, I look forward to having you on uh, in the near future. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, a real pleasure as always and uh, happy to come on whenever I get the invitation. <laughs> Let's make it sooner.